Maine's political pulse is made possible by Lee Auto Malls, featuring the all-electric Nissan Aria SUV at Lee Nissan in Auburn and Thompson. Learn more at leeauto.com. You're listening to Maine's Political Pulse. I'm Robbie Feinberg, joined by Maine Public's chief political correspondent, Steve Missler, and our statehouse correspondent, Kevin Miller. It was a very busy week in politics, both in Maine and across the country, and one of the biggest stories was a bipartisan border bill that now appears dead. A group of Republicans and Democrats in the Senate had hammered out an agreement over the past few months, but a majority of GOP members shot down the measure amidst pressure from former President Donald Trump. Steve, I want to start with you to get a sense of what this signals about where immigration fits into the current political moment. We've heard the GOP really push this border issue for years. So so what would this bill have actually done? So, Robbie, one of the biggest complaints from Republicans about the border is that the asylum process is in desperate need of overhauling because, in their view, it's just too easy uh, for someone to declare asylum. And because there's an extensive backlog of asylum cases in immigration courts, people who are granted temporary access into the U.S. can remain here for years while their cases are adjudicated. The border bill that imploded this week would have dramatically overhauled the asylum process by raising the standard to claim asylum. And more dramatically, it would have given the president clear authority to completely shut down the border when border agents are overwhelmed. Additionally, those who are granted entry into the U.S. would be allowed to obtain work permits while their cases are settled, which is something that Maine political leaders have been pleading for for years. And all told, the bill would have spent $20 billion so that more border agents could be hired, detention centers could be expanded, physical barriers on the southern border would be upgraded, and there would be a hiring of asylum officers to speed up the adjudication for asylum claims. Yeah, so it sounds like this would have actually included a lot of provisions that Republicans really have supported for a while, things that they've wanted. So how did that party wind up really shutting this down? What's interesting, Robbie, is that the Democrats didn't really get much in this bill except maybe a chance to claim that they're doing something about the border. And that seems to be the primary reason why a majority of Republicans blew up the deal. That and and that Trump told them to because he believes this issue will be useful in his campaign against President Biden. Now, as you mentioned, Republicans have been hammering the border issue for years. And while Americans broadly favor immigration, there's been a noticeable uptick in those who want more restrictions. So Republicans and Trump see the border crisis as a useful campaign issue, especially in the presidential race. And some of them were pretty upfront about that, telling reporters that they had no intention of handing Biden and the Democrats a quote unquote win in an election year. So after four months of negotiations, they torpedoed the compromise. And I should just add that this is a compromise that they demanded. Back in the fall, they they basically said we will not support um, any foreign aid to Ukraine, Israel or Taiwan without this border deal. So that's what the negotiations have been focusing on for the past four months. But all of that is kaput at the moment. Yeah, see, I remember a few weeks ago, we were hearing a lot of optimism about this from senators like Susan Collins and Angus King. They were saying that this bill was probably going to get through the chamber. What was their reaction to the, the, the deals falling apart this week? Yeah, Collins is actually one of the four Republicans to support the bill, and she played a pretty key role in including this, uh, the asylum work permit provision, something that businesses and political leaders have been clamoring for. She's been relatively quiet since the deal imploded, but 
King has been making the rounds and tearing into Republicans for scuttling a deal that they literally demanded last fall. It looks like what's happening is, and this certainly is coming from Mr. Trump, is they want the issue, not the solution. So right. you want, you, they want the chaos at the border in order to hammer Joe Biden, hammer the Democrats in the fall. And that was King on MSNBC shortly before Wednesday's failed vote to advance the bill. Also, I don't think you can understate how much pressure Trump and conservative activists put on Republicans to scuttle this deal. Uh, during the debate, Oklahoma Senator James Lankford, the lead Republican negotiator, talked about the avalanche of misinformation and a threat he received from an unnamed commentator he spoke with before any of the bill details were released. That told me flat out, if you try to move a bill that solves the border crisis during this presidential year, I will do whatever I can to destroy you because I do not want you to solve this during the presidential election. By the way, they have been faithful to their promise. Langford then lamented the governing by press conference that seems to be all the rage in Congress these days, but doesn't solve any problems. And I should point out that this Congress is on track to be the least productive in the past 50 years. Kevin, uh, it doesn't feel like immigration has necessarily been a, a major statewide issue at quite the same level as the, what we're seeing now. Why do you feel like it's rising to the surface in this way locally this year? Yeah, well, some Republicans have tried to make this an issue during previous campaigns, but it never seemed to resonate with voters. But a lot has changed here in Maine in recent years. The The numbers fluctuate from year to year, but we've seen just huge numbers of uh, asylum seekers arriving in Maine since pretty much 2019. For the most part, Mainers have tried to welcome and help out these new arrivals. And you know, many of those are families that arrive with almost nothing. But that does put a strain on the fairly limited resources that are available from social services programs like general assistance. And, you know, all this has been happening at a time when a lot of Mainers are struggling. You know, they're struggling to keep up with skyrocketing inflation and high energy costs and just to find apartments or houses that they can afford. It seems like some of the rhetoric around immigrants and asylum seekers really seems to, to be changing as, as well. I'm thinking about what we heard a few weeks ago from Republicans in, in their response to the, the governor's state of the state address. Yeah, things are becoming more heated. Um, as you as you just said, we, we heard a bit of that last week. Uh, here's actually a Republican minority leader in the Senate, Trey Stewart of Presque Isle. Under current leadership, Maine has rolled out the red carpet and turned into the northernmost all-inclusive resort for anyone and everyone. Free new housing, free health care, free food, you name it, we're giving it away. All courtesy of the good, hard-working folks of Maine. Now, I don't think a lot of people would see a cot in the Portland Expo as a very nice all-inclusive resort, really, but... Yeah, Republicans are repeatedly bringing up this issue of free housing. And uh, here's House Republican leader, Representative Billy Bob Falkingham of Winter Harbor, also hitting that point. I mean, I know a lot of people in my neck of the woods that are struggling, uh, people that are living in way too crowded environments, families that are uh, living in trailers with tarps over the top of them that can't afford to live, that, that uh, would love to have some free housing for them, too. And the state, as well as cities like Portland, have set aside millions of dollars to house these asylum seekers, who, as Steve just mentioned, can't legally work for at least six months and oftentimes longer because of these federal laws. 
Yeah. So, so why, why do you think this language around this issue is changing so much? Is it just that, that some of these national issues are really bleeding into local politics? Yeah, well, I think it's a combination. National politics always bleed into Maine during election years. Uh, but we also have serious underlying issues here. I mean, look, many Maine residents are struggling. Housing costs are, are, you know, kind of forgive the pun, but are through the roof, particularly in southern and coastal Maine. There's a huge need for more drug treatment programs. And then we just spent the spring and the summer and the fall uh, seeing these huge tent encampments um, of homeless individuals pop up in Portland and Bangor and everywhere and and cities struggling to deal with them and the efforts to clear those encampments. And then you have the optics of, of some new immigrants getting free housing. So I think that's partly why we're hearing these comments about asylum seekers kind of cutting in line. Yeah, it's interesting to see this play out at the same time that uh, Governor Mills has actually moved to, to establish new supports for immigrants in the state, uh, specifically the Office of New Americans, which could soon become a part of the state government uh, pending its uh, passage in the legislature. Has some of this national rhetoric bled into that kind of debate yet? Yeah, sure. To an extent, uh, Governor Mills has said that Maine should really welcome these immigrants. And, you know, as the nation's oldest state, Maine really needs more young families. And many of these immigrants also arrive with degrees and professional skills, or they're, you know, ready and eager to fill some of the service sector and the manual labor jobs that employers in Maine are, are really desperately trying to fill. You know, we've, we've, it's interesting, we've heard some suggestions from Republicans in recent weeks and months that Mills wants to bring in 75,000 immigrants. I think that's really an over, oversimplification of a report that came out a few years ago that said Maine needs 75,000 more workers over the decade to pretty much backfill all the baby boomers who are retiring. But both that report and Governor Mills have said that, quote, new Americans could be part of that pool, but not certainly not all of it. And as we've seen, you know, the state is spending a lot of time and resources trying to lure more working Americans from other states to Maine or to keep young uh, professionals and college grads from leaving Maine for jobs elsewhere. Steve, going back to this Senate bill, do you have a sense for, for what the failure of the, this bill could mean for Maine? Um, I'm thinking particularly of issues like that asylum seeker work authorization piece. Uh, if nothing changes there, I imagine that that could maybe mean more state resources that could be needed moving forward. Yeah, I think you're precisely right, Robbie. I think, you know, states can't unilaterally change that work permit restriction. Only Congress can. I mean, the feds made that pretty clear recently when they rejected a request by Maine to change that rule. So that means states and localities will have to provide financial assistance to asylum seekers in the interim. And you just heard from Kevin how Republicans clearly don't like that either. So it's sort of this loop of them identifying problems but then rejecting compromise solutions and rinse, wash, repeat. And that is our chief political correspondent, Steve Missler, and our statehouse correspondent, Kevin Miller. Thank you for joining us for Maine's Political Pulse. You can also read our Political Pulse newsletter. You can find that online at mainepublic.org pulse. Our music is by Rob Holt. I'm Robbie Feinberg. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon on Maine's Political Pulse.